You're listening to the Safford Library Book Jockeys, where you'll learn about us, programs, and you guessed it, books. Well, Victoria, in preparation for doing a podcast, I've been listening to more and more podcasts. I used to listen to podcasts all the time. Then I took a little bit of a break. Right. And now I'm listening to podcasts again mm-hmm. and really enjoying it um, to occupy, you know, just sort of keeps you company when you're doing like cleaning. Well, cleaning really for me. <laughs> it's cleaning. Um, so, and I've been hearing this in regular vernacular because I'm listening to these podcasts. Right. And then it came across again in a children's book that I was processing today in the back. A pet peeve of mine, this is all connected, is when In a roundabout way. When people say, all of a sudden, I've decided it's a pet peeve. It drives me nuts. All of the sudden? That's what it should be. All No, excuse me. It should be all of a, a sudden. sudden. And people are saying all of a sudden. <laughs> do they have it in, do they have it like spelt out all of a sudden instead of all of a sudden? Well, you know, some of these folks are, it's just, it's just a podcast I'll be listening to. And but I mean, in I the list- book you were processing. In the book I was processing, it said all of a sudden. No, it's all of a sudden. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what and it's it drives not proper, me nuts. It's not proper grammar. Forget proper grammar or proper English. It's just not what the phrase is. <laughs> it's not what the phrase is. Well, it's like the seen and saw thing. I seen something. I saw this thing. It's not I've seen. No, that is a grammar problem. Yeah. What I'm talking about is people just getting it flat out wrong. And it's driving me nuts because now that I'm... I, I, now that no, I've heard it, can't well, well, it, I can't unhear it. And you, people are apparently are using it way more than I anticipated. Oh, great. Now when I listen to my podcast, this is what I'm going to be thinking You're about. You're going to start hearing it. Yeah, you are. It's all of, and not all of a sudden, it's all of the sudden. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. That's oh, what people are saying oh. is all of a sudden. No, no, no. No, no. That's not going to work for me. Do you have any pet peeves? I have a few. The scene and saw is a big one. I know it's a grammar thing, but it drives me up a wall. I've, I have seen this or I saw this. Not I seen. There's something missing. And li- library. It's library. Two R's, not one. Oh, because sometimes people will say library. Yes. And yeah. I understand it's harder, you know, to say at times, but it's library. There's two R's. Well, that reminds me, people, uh, so I have it for those, for our listeners who might not know, I have a strong theater background. And so people would say thespian. Oh, instead thespian. Of, instead of thespian. 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 But it's thespian. It's thespian. I know. <laughs> I know. Believe me, I know. What drove me drives me nuts too. And this has happened off and on through my adolescence and adulthood. Sure. Is when a theater person says, I'm a thespian. And I'm like, you No, you're I've not had, allowed to be. <laughs> I've had people that have worked in libraries that say I to to say library and I know it's library, there are two R's. So then do they, are they, do they say my job, do they say I am a librarian? No, they say I'm a librarian, but they say library instead of library. I don't understand. That doesn't make sense. That's infuriating. (laughs) (laughs) We have once again forgotten to introduce ourselves. I am Victoria. I am the library director. And I'm Elizabeth Henley. I'm the Early Literacy Coordinator here at the Safford City Graham County Library. Should I have said my last name? Is it necessary? Oh, I guess I'm just used to having an introduction or something. Yeah, I think by this point they probably know who we are. 
if they there's still we're four episodes in if they're still listening they if probably they, have a good idea i should hope are. so and if they don't then they know oh these are the two main voices i hear on this podcast <laughs> well the holidays are coming up what do you do for the holidays Oh gosh, that was an inhale. Well, it's Thanksgiving. You're you got a bit. It's like a six week holiday chunk we're coming up on. So yeah, Thanksgiving is our bit is the big one that's coming next. And I know, for me anyway, the best part is after we're done Thanksgiving dinner, we all sit around the TV and watch Seinfeld on repeat. Some of the best times are just sitting there watching Seinfeld, that is now thirty years old, but still funny. You don't watch Seinfeld, do you? I know, you know, it's the quiet. <laughs> I mean, I've seen episodes, but it's not something I w- I've ever watched religiously. I, I haven't really until the last few years, and now I watch it every Thanksgiving. It's one of our favorite things to do as a family and just sit and watch adults acting like children. It's so much fun. What do you do after Thanksgiving? What's your big thing on Thanksgiving? What do I do on Thanksgiving Day after it's all done? I yeah. avoid I avoid doing the dishes. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, you're one That's of those. That's my pastime. You're one of those. I mean, I'll help. I just don't want it. Sometimes people are really eager to just get the kitchen clean, and I get it because then it's done and you don't have to worry about it. But I just cooked all day. Can I have a hot minute to just sit? Okay, first of all, I've not only helped cook all day, I am also one of the only ones that goes to clean the kitchen after like it's sitting there for a few hours. Well, this isn't a competition. I mean, I clean the kitchen too. No, but I'm saying is I, I can't really avoid it because it well, nothing will happen. Well, I don't watch Seinfeld on Thanksgiving, but growing up, we had the tradition of after Thanksgiving to kind of kick off the Christmas season. This is still the same day of Thanksgiving. Right. We would sit down and we would watch a Christmas story together as a family. Oh, and I didn't watch a Christmas every story. year. I don't do that now because I've watched so I've watched it so many times, so many times <laughs> that I can't do it. And sometimes when we're doing the holidays with my parents, they'll still be like, "What? You don't want to watch a Christmas story?" I'm like, "I can't, I can't do it." <laughs> but one time when we were really little, and this was for Christmas, we were going to have the Christmas meal at right. my aunt and uncle's house, and they didn't plan anything for the meal. We show up, they're like, "Oh, we're just going to go out to eat." And I kid you not, the only place open that Christmas, Denny's. No, not Denny's, was a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yep, that's the other one. We didn't wind up doing a roast, a full roast duck like in A Christmas right. Story, but we were the only ones in that restaurant <laughs> having our Christmas meal, and it was Chinese food. Like, that literally right. happened to our family. You know, we used to do that when somewhere my mom worked. They used to, it was a Japanese restaurant, and every year, to thank their employees on Christmas, they would eat at a Chinese food restaurant. But it was so much fun because we would go every year as a family, and the whole family would just go, and the different family members of all the coworkers and everybody would just kind of get together. I have a great memory of Chinese food places on Christmas. Yeah, I've, I had corn soup. <laughs> oh, you didn't see you didn't see. It was you... really good, but I, w- I mean, I was a very picky eater when I was little. Oh, so that's was true, most, true. I would do like a broccoli beef. Okay. When okay. I was really little. Okay. That makes that more sense. That was safe for my palate, so to speak. <laughs> broccoli beef. Yeah, maybe some white rice. <laughs> Not the fried. That was no, too much. Fried rice, too much flavor. Too much flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays it's pretty traditional with our Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, it's always been really traditional right, with our right. Thanksgivings, so and we just bounce around. Sometimes I host at my house. Sometimes we go to my in-laws' house. This year, we're going to go spend Thanksgiving in the Dallas area with oh, my right. sister and her family. And my parents are driving up as well. We're not my, I mean, we're flying. But my parents are also in Texas. So they'll drive up to my sister's. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, I hope, one of those kinds of holidays that 
my kids remember right, right, right. forever because it, it's going to be them and all their cousins. Right. So, right. That's very true. And I remember there's some of my most special holidays are ones where I remember my cousins being there too. Right. So right. I'm excited for my kids and I'm excited for the little bits of tourism we're going to do right. while we're there. Right. Oh, that's right. Because you're going to be there the week prior. Pretty much that whole week of Thanksgiving. Pretty much the whole week. So there's some things we're going to do as a family. There's some, you know, the day before, we're going to send the guys out with the, any kids that want to go. There's a video game museum. Oh, that's cool. In the Dallas area. And it's, they've my family's been there before. Not my sister's family, I should say. And apparently it's like a house that's been fashioned into a museum and each room is a different decade oh, that's and cool. in that room are video games from that decade and it's decorated like that decade Wait, can you play them and that's what you do there really you there's couches and all that she gets to play like of the, the period she gets to do like the the nes and then the super nes and then you do playstations and segas and all that i guess so i'll never know because i'm gonna stay home and cook <laughs> Slash hang out with my sister and just in, enjoy myself. As you can tell, I had I play video games a little bit as a kid. So yeah, that would be really cool. Actually, that would be a, that's a cool experience. Yeah. yeah. Our our thing is we make the mollies every pretty much every Thanksgiving weekend. The day after Thanksgiving, we spend most of the day making them. So we make them for the year. So that's kind of something we've kept doing since I can remember. That's what my mom did. So it sounds like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. That's why. It, to make like 15 dozen, it probably takes the day. Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, well, we make two or three different types, too. So it just kind of depends. Have you ever done Black Friday? No. My sister and I, when I was, when we were very young adults. Like, I would think I was in college. She might have still been in high school. You did the Black Friday. She did. She convinced me to do it. And uh, we, we went to Walmart early in the morning. Man, the line was going around that entire plaza waiting to get inside the building. Right. And then we didn't get in the line. <laughs> when they opened the doors, we would just join the throng and enter. And people were so mad at the folks like us who were just entering the building. And there, it was a, such a ruckus of carts and people going all over. I mean, I mean, I'm getting such random stuff. I'm not really in any crowds. And my sister and I split up. <laughs> And when we find each other, we decided we were going to meet back up in a particular aisle. When we find each other, her cart is full. She even has a, <laughs> she even has a SpongeBob TV in her cart. I'm like, what is happening? She's like, I don't know. Everyone was grabbing. <laughs> so she got caught up and caught she up just in it all. Random stuff. She in was her throwing cart. random stuff in her cart. <laughs> no, I'm not crazy. I don't. I don't do Black Friday. I'm crazy in that we make the mollies all day Black Friday. That's well, what we do. Those are good mer- memories that I cherish, and. Uh, I have no need to do it. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) No, it was fun for what it was. All right, well, here we go. Here we go. We we talked on the podcast last night with our coworker last night, last time. No, see, now it's you. You made fun of me last time. I know. We talked with our coworker. It's because I'm so despondent right now. We talked with That's our coworker. That's a big word. I know. It's, it's a big word for big feelings. <laughs> we talked with Debbie Linden last time. Hi, y'all. We were, we were building up into our annual pumpkin decorating contest, contest amongst, yes. amongst, the staff. Uh, amongst the staff. It's a They're friendly. Very competitive. It's a very <laughs> friendly. Friendly in air quotes very competition. <laughs> well, Debbie Linden is here because four for four, she won again first place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> thank Tell you. us about your process. How does this all work for you? <laughs> 
Uh, Pinterest to the rescue as usual. Um, <laughs> that one caught my eye literally like the day after Halloween last year. All right, well, describe thought, for everybody what you did. I did Wednesday Adams. So I had a white pumpkin, painted it black, except for the face, drew the face on. Did the hair, which I thought was going to be really hard, but it ended up being easier than I thought. We talked about this about this last time about um, gluing things to yeah. pumpkins. Right. And I knew I had to glue that hair, the hair, <laughs> and make a part. And so I was a little worried about that happening. It actually happened. So she had some braided um, yarn hair. And then I, I love props. So I had to get the thing hand to sit How on top of. How long did this of. take you to put together? Just curious. Um, <laughs> not long. It's good. It, it took like an hour, didn't it? <laughs> unbelievable mine didn't take long either mine, mine didn't either but you can tell how little effort i put into it <laughs> <laughs> for those Karen. listening victoria's was a mr, mr. Potato, potato head. head everybody loves mr potato head yeah it was a great pumpkin but still yeah. less than an hour now i did bump up a little bit yeah that's true that's i true. got i was, you were coming for me you yeah were coming for me third place two years in a row and this year i got second place i had that one pinned well, now the, you can't the use the it violet from violet Beauregard from willy wonka, wonka. So Debbie, take that one off my list. Violet, you're turning violet. Violet. <laughs> we keep saying we need to get a in. plaque for your your trophy, but there's I, no I there's no point. Okay. I keep saying we, okay. We we need to get some kind of plaque to commemorate the pumpkin. We uh, do. the pumpkin master, but unfortunately, we'd all have Debbie's name on it. I think <laughs> no. I think we should do it because I think that's why it's funny. <laughs> that, that's yeah, we'll true. get a little plaque, I, and I every year will be Debbie, 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 Debbie. Well, I've already got one for next year. I do as and well. And the year after. I do as well. <laughs> okay. Apparently, I'm, I'm not as invested as, as either one of you. <laughs> is she giving me... I'm getting looks through the window oh. of my coworkers. Not, not just... Like, eye rolls. Eye rolls through the window. Well, she, it's not even... She doesn't even just, like, win first place. She, like, blows us out of the water. Except the one year. She did. I, she was... I lost by one. You won, won by, by one. vote. She like, won by one vote. Forky. Forky almost Forky got her. almost took me out that year. Okay. My, yeah. my office mate made Forky, and so she's not happy with me right this second, but at <laughs> least the trophy is still in our office together. We can look at it together. No, she's How privileged. How privileged <laughs> is she? <laughs> Araceli should, should be grateful that she's <laughs> in the presence in of the Pumpkin yeah. Master trophy. Is that what you're saying, That's Debbie? What I'm saying. We really got to post this picture somewhere so people we do. actually understand. If they could just see, it's the it's craftsmanship. Fabulous. The craftsmanship is just. The first time I saw it, I had to have it, and it's just yeah. Like and it's amazing. collecting dust more each year, so a little bit. I got that little round spot on my desk where I <laughs> move it away, and then I put it right back. <laughs> now the eye rolls are continuing. <laughs> well, just so you all know, we're recording in my office, and I like to call it my fishbowl. Yeah, so staff can see are it, watching so us recording, so that's why I'm Debbie's getting, getting lots of lots of lot of, of size, a lot of eye rolls. Well, well, congratulations, Debbie. Thank you so much. Um, you're very creative, and Thank we're you. lucky to have you on staff. Mm -hmm. And I noticed today you were walking in to the office with a lot of, what were they, four-foot candy cane decor? You were, it's coming. Okay. It's coming. Get yeah. ready. Um, that was not a purchase we expected to see. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize Victoria was by the back door when I was bringing all my goods in. Well, but. some of our listeners may know that kids in our community in Graham and Greenlee counties get free books through, mm -hmm. through the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. And so for our Christmas decor theme this year, mm -hmm. it's Dolly Parton's Hard Candy Christmas. We're so excited. So We're so excited to honor Dolly and to just make it a candy wonderland in here. Hopefully that's the plan. <laughs> awesome. So, Thanks so much, Debbie. Thank you, guys. I'll take this and put She's it back taking on my her desk. trophy. Go for it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, folks, I know we're dropping this episode mid-November. Right. And I'm not doing this to be the person who puts her Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving is over. I do not. Victoria, really? I'm out of town Thanksgiving weekend. So do it after you come back. That doesn't give me enough time. That's like two or three weeks. It is a solid four weeks until Christmas. This year it's five. No, it is not five weeks. I'm going to check. No, it is not five weeks. I'm not even kidding. We're checking our calendars. It is four weeks. You're fine. I just feel like it's a crunch. Okay, the point is that I'm trying to make is that we need to talk about... Holiday open house. Holidays at the December holiday extravaganzas. And nonsense and joy and all of it at the library. Yes, we're not we're not skipping Thanksgiving, folks. Don't give us a ton of emails about what happened to Thanksgiving. We're not, but we've got some stuff coming up in beginning of December that we want you all to know about. Right, holiday open house. Yes, we do this every year, and it's on December. Let me double check mine because I don't want to say it wrong. Well, it's, it's Thursday, December seventh, from three to seven p.m. During that time, we'll have activities here on the main floor. Christmas themed activities. Santa will be here from four to six. Oh yes, I have it on good authority. Okay, and he, I, te- he texts. Oh yeah, Santa Santa text messages. So I was able to send a text message to the North Pole. I've got it all coordinated. Santa will be here at the Safford City Graham County Library from four p.m. to six p.m. on Thursday, December seventh. And um, also on that day, our friends of the library have their annual bake sale from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. that day. All home bakers, cash only or checks, please. But um, it's a great way to support the friends of the library. And in doing so, you support the library because any any funds that they raise come back to library programs and services. I love the friends bake sale. It is a really good bake sale. And they're really decent prices. And they're homemade and you know... I look forward to it every year. The staff are normally out there before it opens officially at 11 trying to see what Well, we, we have can. to because some of the items sell out. They do sell out really quickly. I know. Well, I guess the, what I guess what we're saying it's rigged. The staff get first dibs. It doesn't start till 11. Okay. So, it, they don't set up until after we open at 10. Okay. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah, then that's fine. Yeah. That just means we're in the right place at the right time to hit them right when they open. Yeah. Yeah. It's in our lobby, so you're welcome to come in, and they will be here um, 11 to 7 that day. So um, please come and support the friends, and by doing so, you support us in the library. And another way you can support the friends and this fantastic fundraising opportunity for the friends is to be one of the bakers. Yes. So please stop by the library if you're interested in being a baker, and we can get you in touch with the friends of the library. Because they're always looking for, for bakers, and for uh, not only for this bake sale, but they use bakers throughout the year for other fundraisers as well. Well, and if you if you coordinate, you come to the library and you coordinate, yes, I'm going to be one of the bakers for the bake sale, you can just bring us your yes. tray of your treats and the friends of the library will individually package it all for yes. you. they will do that as and well. And price it. They'll do yes. all of that. You just... You just do what you do in the kitchen. Yes, yes. You can drop it on at the library the day uh, or evening prior, and they'll get it all ready for you that Thursday. So, gosh, I love holiday baking. That (laughs) I mean, that for me. I mean, we talked about what Thanksgiving and and the and food and well, we talked you know more traditions. Yeah, more traditions. Right. For me, what makes Christmas special is all the baked goods. I don't really care what's served in the meal for for Christmas. That's true. Like I might have opinions on what we should eat at Thanksgiving. But at Christmas, I'm like, as long as there are a lot of Christmas cookies. Baked goods, yes. Then it's it's Christmas. That's true. That's true. I agree with that. I don't bake, but I do appreciate people that do bake. Because, yeah, that's what I associate with Christmas is a table full of cookies and pies or whatever it is that people bring. That's... 
and it's Christmas. It's my grandmother had made a variety of cookies, and That's she what my would always does, on yeah. the coffee table. She would just have not tons of cookies out, but just a plate of cookies. But there would be an assortment, and oh. then she would just replenish it. Oh no, she my my grandmother used used to bake from the beginning to the end of December. She had a whole dining room table filled of cookies and every kind of cookie you could imagine. Oh, that sounds magical. See, I I I want to my kids to remember. I want potential future grandchildren to remember that I'm the one who bakes. And last year I did so much baking in December. My kids were like, mom, you don't need to make anymore. Can you believe <laughs> it? That That's what my children said. But I'm like wiping off things and pulling out more dough and more flour. And they're like, you're making more. Yes, I have to do all these recipes. <laughs> part of it, I don't know how you feel about certain recipes, but part of it they're for staples. me- They're staples. They're staples, yes. It, has, it doesn't feel like Christmas unless yes. those things are there. That's true. And on a more personal note, certain recipes are from for certain loved ones who've passed away. Oh, so okay. it's a way that I feel like they're there. Yeah, that it's, makes sense. It's kind of like my like a Christmas cookie version of uh, Dia de los Muertos. Like yeah, this yeah. is how I this is how I remember my right. my loved ones and honor them whether they're dead or alive right, and making exactly. their recipes and passing on that that heritage that tradition. tradition. Yeah, to your kids who have all hopefully in some way make some of those same recipes maybe some of them or you know even <clears throat> if it's just one or two that are they'll they'll decide for themselves which ones are the ones that taste like christmas that feel like christmas that it's special to them so which is really exciting now here at the library we have place to store these types of recipes right yes we do so we have an online holiday recipe collection i know in the in past podcasts, we have mentioned Biblioboard. It's an online repository that we use to collect um, some oral histories, veterans um, that have served in Graham County, collections from the, the, the Eastern Arizona Historical Society. And we also use it to collect Spice of the Month recipes and holiday recipes in general. So if you have a holiday recipe that's been used, especially if it's one of your favorites, the ones that have, have been rewritten on and the recipes have been adjusted by hand, if you like to share those with the community, you're welcome to do so through Biblioboard. You can do it a couple of ways. You can go to the library's website, go to the Biblioboard link and upload it yourself, or you can come to the library and staff will help you upload it and add it as part of our recipe collection. And I think we've talked about it. It's something that's unique to to our area so we really want to encourage folks to share those those unique recipes and like you they seem to evoke memory so maybe it evokes a certain memory is there a way when you post the recipe that perhaps you could post a little blurb or story with it i think i think there is you can put like a little description too as well but if you need help with any of that just come to the library and we'll help you with that to get that all set up can i say that there are some things that i might put on if i think of think to do it but other recipes you don't want to... I'm I'm not going to put on. <laughs> There's certain recipes that, like, my family, we know how to make them, but we still won't distribute them widely. And it's just our traditional recipes that we have, which is fine. You don't have to put all of them. Just maybe some you're comfortable with sharing in your case. Well, I've got a really good sugar cookie recipe. Ooh, really? Yes. And if I recall, it doesn't have to rest in it the refrigerator. Doesn't? No. It might have to chill briefly. Okay. But this isn't one of those chill yeah. for four to six hours. No. Oh, that's the... They're roll-out sugar cookies. Oh, they really? They're so delicious and tender. Okay, and a side note, you just need to share that with me personally because... Okay, I'll share that one. Yeah. And actually, um, one of my best friends, Angela, mm-hmm. she lives up in Idaho, 
that's a superfluous detail, but you know, I'll share it. Um, anyway, it's her recipe and she likes using it at Christmas time, but she'll make Halloween cookies with her kids and she'll use that recipe. She'll make a bunch of icings and use the cookie cutters and then they do Halloween cookie decorating as a family. Oh, that's nice. That's one of their baking traditions. And speaking of, of cooking and oh, do we want to do book recommendations or do let's we... do a book recommendation, Victoria. <laughs> well, because two. we've got a couple, but the, let's do, we were just talking about food. What is this podcast, Victoria? <laughs> is this true. a library <laughs> podcast or is it just an ordinary woman who likes food podcast? Maybe anyway, we rename, I'm gonna, maybe we should think about renaming it. Maybe we should. I'm going to plug this book though, that we just got. It's a new book. It's going to hit the shelves now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cookbook called Basics with Bobbish by Andrew Ray. Recipes for screwing up, trying again, and hitting it out of the park. And I was perusing this this cookbook. Why why did why did why did you notice it? Just out of curiosity. I because it's a cookbook and I like looking at cookbooks. Well, and I noted when when cuz I ordered that book, I liked it for now I remember as I was kind of looking through it, the title because it's like how do you fix your recipes? Right. And the thing that I like at the beginning of each recipe, the author shares how he it says how I've screwed this up. So for example, I'm looking at the steakhouse burgers recipe and how I've screwed this up. And then he gives a troubleshooting section and the troubleshooting is recipe specific. So for this case, the categories for troubleshooting are, I didn't enjoy this burger as much as it cost. (laughs) So he puts some humor in there. Um, My onions are browning or burning. My onions are still browning (laughs) or burning. And then my burger keeps flaring up on the grill. But he does this on every single recipe. So when you've got corned beef and cabbage, he lists how I've screwed this up and then troubleshooting. My corned beef came out dry. My corned beef came out tough. Right. I mean, these are things that sometimes when I'm using a recipe for the first time, I'm making notes on the recipe because I learned me. it didn't work. The f- my I notoriously, things don't turn out for me the first time I make it. Most people, they don't. I'm learning yeah, right. the nuance of this particular recipe. And then the recipes themselves seem easy to follow and easy to or, and uh, clear enough to ex- for anybody to execute. That's going to be one of our book cl- book book plugs. Book plugs. I and know. we hope that you're able to get some use out of it. Mm-hmm. Have you been reading anything, Victoria? No, just more Bridgerton. Sorry to say. All right. Well, then we'll Whoa. talk. Then let's take another quick break, and then we'll talk more about books. Well, Victoria, you started talking about how you're not reading anything at all. And so this will be a great start to our book recommendation section. Okay, first of all, I said I was reading Bridgerton and not much else right now. So to clarify, I am reading. Okay, what Bridgerton did you read? I finished um, the last book, It's in His Kiss with Hyacinth, book eight or whatever it is. I really enjoyed that one. Compared to Gregory's book, I think it had a lot of good humor in it. And I remember when I was reading those books, there was a patron who was also checking out the books and we got to, I don't even recall the patron, but we got to chatting. And she also agreed that Gregory's book is a slog to get through. And I looked at the publication dates and I think Gregory's book was the last one, which kind of makes sense when you realize that when she actually wrote the books, even though he's the seventh. Hyacinth was before his and Hyacinth just had a different feel to it and it just was it moved really well Hyacinth was an adventure it was exactly and it was I really was enjoyed a bit of mystery yeah it was an adventure and there was a lot more of the wit and humor in it that I was mm. that the earlier books had and then Gregory's just kind of dragged for the first half and I couldn't I, I had a hard time getting into it Julia Quinn has some Lady Whistledown books yeah like 
Lady Whistledown Strikes Again, that yeah. kind of thing. They're a collection of short stories. Right, right, right. But they all, the one I read seems to revolve around the certain same events mm-hmm. from different char- different characters. Those ones move really well. Okay. Much better than Gregory, for yeah. sure. And you get Lady Whistledown again. That's true. Because it puts it back, these Lady Whistledown Strikes Again type of books, put it back before everything goes down with Penelope. Yeah, so, and then there's also, I haven't read it, have you, the Queen Charlotte that they just put out? I haven't. I was so, because Queen Charlotte is is not actually one of Julia Quinn's books, it is a book off of a TV TV series. I don't know if I actually will I read it because I don't know if I'll get anything new out of it. It doesn't seem like it from the reviews. Yeah, it's, well, it's basically Shonda Rhimes writing it and Julia Quinn's name on it. So I'm sure it'll be fantastic. It was a beautiful spinoff yes, series. it was. Beautiful spinoff series. Because the thing about the books, it's fun to be to read and you know compare and contrast. Yeah, right, right, right. Because the, all the books came out before the TV series. So it's fun to do that. So have you read anything else other than Bridgerton? We talk about Bridgerton <laughs> a lot right now. We're both in it right now, apparently. Um, I'm reading a book. It was recommended when I went on my trip to Italy. Our tour manager, actually, she recommended a book, The Holographic Universe. It's, Is that a nonfiction? It's a nonfiction. So, so we have it here at the library? We don't. I really probably should order it just to... So folks can read it. it. It's interesting to me anyway. And it's talking a lot about how we're all interconnected, how the universe is interconnected, and how there could possibly be uh, parallel universes, parallel experiences, which it would explain when you get the feeling of deja vu, which I got over the weekend again. It was a place I had never been to. And I know I dreamt about it. And I drove right by it when I was traveling this weekend. So is this kind of... If I could give it an even more specific genre, would it is it far fetched to say that it, it's maybe a philosophic mm-hmm. science nonfiction? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's a fair. I'm only four chapters in. I can only read a chapter at a time because my mind It's just it, like blowing your mind. It's blowing my mind. Right, these conjectures. These and yeah, how they're how they're putting you know, how they're connecting your health, your your individual health to the universe's health. How Maybe we're not people. You are a sound wave that my mind has reinterpreted as a person and you, and vice versa. Well, I saw on Instagram. <laughs> I can contribute to this fancy conversation on Instagram. No, I saw this uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson oh, yeah. interview. Honestly, I think he might have been on one of those eating chicken wings, hot sauce kind of shows. Um, but he, this clip, he's talking about how the universe... The four on a molecular at atomic level, mm-hmm. I should say, the four most common elements in the universe in this order are hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen. And the four most common elements in our bodies are the mm-hmm. same thing, hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen. And this book was written. We are the universe. We are the universe. And this is kind of what the, what the book kind of speaks to. Um, it really starts at the molecular level and it's kind of progressing to include your health and how everything is intertwined. This book was written in the early 90s. So the fact that we're still talking about it and my mind is still, it still makes sense, I think speaks to the book and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson, if he's still talking about, you know, some of these theories and concepts, then it must still have probably some sort of relevance but yeah that's that's one other thing i've been reading but i only can read a chapter at a time because my it sounds mind, heavy it sounds like a lot to wrap your mind about around yeah so i have to take breaks but it's a really good book i'll probably order it for the collection just just a different philosophical view and we try to be representative of different types of views so i think it'd be a good addition and you read the four winds by yes the four winds by Kristen hannah i was going through you know, I go through a burst of reading, reading, reading. Right. And then I get into a rut of, gosh, what do I, 
What do you want to do next? What do I want to read? Do I want to read anything? Right. So I was on Cloud Library, Mm -hmm. and Cloud Library will show you what's kind of trending. And because I was just scrolling, I was at a loss of where to even, what I even felt like reading. So there was an audio book on Cloud Library, The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, and it was Depression Era, Dust Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm interested in Dust Bowl. I read a lot about the famous photographer, Dorothea Lange. I really enjoyed a good Ken Burns documentary, right? (laughs) (laughs) About the Dust Bowl and other things as well. I mean, so it's fascinating, a fascinating period in American history. And so I read The Four Winds, definitely a bittersweet ending. Yeah, um, you were listening to this as as, as an audio book. I listened to the audio book. I was... The the narrator is is brilliant. Every voice sounds different, and then even the narrative voice has a little bit of a style to it, right? Of, that feels of that time and place. You're just I, it was so and, and see, I was I was completely drawn into this world. You like how all those characters are their voices are different in their their inflections and everything. That's what I have trouble with with audiobooks. Really, I, I have it in my head what that person sounds like and someone reading it to me somehow distills that and I can't I have a I had to the cold millions the the book that we were reading for our author visit I had to stop the audio and read the book and enjoyed it more by just reading the book because the voices in my head were my voices that I how I thought the character how they all sounded and it interfered with your with user, my, with the kind of with the user experience so oh, I, interesting and, and you seem to gravitate towards that what was really cool? What's really cool also about this particular audiobook is that there's bonus content at oh, the boy. end of the audiobook that you don't even have to navigate to somewhere else. It just after the book's done, it goes into this interview with the narrator and the author. Oh, that's cool! And they talk. The author talks a little bit about how uh, the deeper she got into the research of this period, the more she was seeing parallels in that time and our time related to poverty and and classism and what I was picking up on that in the book yes, and so you it was really that. it was really neat to listen to the author speak to those to those points and, and she was doing it this was not intentional then it became intentional once she realized but it. it doesn't like slap you in the face with it it's not no but she was say, what I, I guess what I'm asking is the author didn't realize it immediately mm-hmm. until uh, until she was starting to go like as she was writing the book then it hit her that there's parallels. Right, exactly, because this wasn't a, a topic that she knew a lot about going into it, but she felt that there was a story there, digging into the research. And as she dug in, she found out more and more of the parallels between now and in that time period, which is almost 100 years ago. Yeah, so that was an audiobook on Cloud Library, The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, and maybe I'll read more of her work in the future. It was incredibly engaging and powerful, and I loved the characters. I know she's written some books that have been really well received. I know that was one of them. Um, she's written several that are bestsellers, and they're for a reason, her character development. So, oh, good. Yeah, so I'm sure you'd enjoy some more books by her. This was episode four, Victoria. How are you feeling? Actually feeling a lot better than after episode three. Why? Well, I'm actually, I've been here now for a month. I've, I just come back from vacation. Okay, after so you feel, you feel recalibrated. Yeah, and I feel we're starting to hit our groove a little bit with, with these podcasts. We're not as um, we're not as stressed about the content any longer. We're just letting things happen. That's true. We're getting more of a flow in what we're, what we're doing. Yeah. Well, how can folks listen to our podcast? Um, you can subscribe and listen to us through Podbean, iHeartRadio, 
or Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can listen on our website. Um, if you go to the SaffordLibrary.org, um, there's a link on the right-hand side that says podcast, and it's our nice little emoji, me and Elizabeth, and you can click on that link and it'll take you to the page where you can listen to all of our podcasts. And we would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions for us, if you have any library-related questions or things you'd like to hear us talk about maybe on the podcast, similar to our, our listener that was asking about book recommendations and how you go about finding that next read, feel free to contact us. Our email is safferdlibrary at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and love to answer any of your library-related questions. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much. Bye!